I'm WFAE's David Borax, and this is R&D in the QC. Tarek Bakari and Larkin Eggleston, one Republican and one Democrat who bonded as first-term Charlotte City Council members. Somehow, they both got reelected, and now we're stuck listening to another season of this amateur hour bullshit. In the first 82 episodes, they talked to a governor, a senator, presidential candidates, and even a journalist or two. Their goal again this season, bringing Charlotte listeners behind the scenes of the city council in one of America's fastest-growing cities. I won't be listening, but for some reason, you are. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 94. For the first time ever, Larkin and I are coming to you remotely. Larkin, how are you today, my friend? I am social distancing myself from you and everybody else and hoping this new technology works. Well, let's see what episode 94 has in store for us as we go into all things coronavirus. Join us. All right, Larkin Eggleston, episode 94, and we are in the midst of a brave, brave new world, my friend. Um, how are you, first of all? How are you doing? I am doing all right. Um, I'm glad that one of us is a tech guru on this show, because uh, I appreciate the work you've done to get us ready to be able to host the show without having to endanger each other. Well, I'll tell you, this is... Um, incredibly hard to figure out. I'm only about halfway there and there's a very good chance this uh, episode is going to uh, not actually even work, but here we are nonetheless. Well, um, we've I got know- people watching with us, so it's working so far. Okay. Okay. I like that. So uh, tell me, what do we got on the agenda for today? I know there's tons I, of questions out there. The, the people are telling us they can barely see you now, so much better. All right. So it is, uh, we sit here on Thursday, March 19th. On Monday, we had a brief meeting, um, but covered a couple of important things. And so we want to talk about that real quick. And then we want to give people the most up-to-date information we've got on what's going on. Um, But I think more importantly, there's lots of people that are giving folks information on what's going on with the coronavirus crisis. But we want to talk about what people can do in terms of resources that are out there uh, that can help them, help their business. if they've got questions, if they've got concerns, make sure that we're pointing them in the right direction. So um, hopefully this will be helpful to everybody and um, feel free to weigh in on the Facebook live stream if you're watching this in real time and you've got questions uh, that you want answered. But Monday, we did go into the government center um, for what we knew would be an abbreviated meeting. And a couple of things happened. We started, and I know you worked a lot behind the scenes to help pull this together. We started the evening with um, an announcement about a fund. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was something, I think we all know the impacts of, of COVID-19 and what we're seeing worldwide, but particularly on Charlotte and, and what we're, we're looking at right now um, are going to be different than what we've ever seen before. And um, we know we're going to need funds, dollars, capital. Uh, we just don't exactly know how all the ways that's going to be necessary and needed. So um, I was able through the FinTech Hub and through a couple others to get over to our good friends over at Lending Tree with Doug Lebda. He had reached out and said he was really thinking about launching his own fund. We knew that Michael Marsicano and the Foundation for the Carolinas were doing a bunch of work. So connecting those folks together, bringing the teams together, we spent a long weekend on the phones, figuring out how to scramble 
And within, you know, 48, 72 hours, we were uh, at a point making an announcement Monday night, not only for uh, Lending Tree with Doug Lebda at the, at the helm, uh, making a decision to put in a million dollars into this fund and call and a call to action to others. But then we announced and voted later on Monday night um, to identify and put a million dollars of uh, city funds um, in there uh, as well. So uh, a huge first step. And now last I checked, I think it was over four or five million dollars. It's, um, it's since north then. of that now. And I'm looking it up right as we speak. So if people want to check that out, it is help org. So help C-H-A-R-M-E-C-K dot O-R-G. And uh, on the webpage, it is up over five and a half million now, but I know a couple of donations have been announced today, including that David Tepper is going to be giving a million dollars. Nice. Um, Bank of America is pledged a million dollars. Uh, Mecklenburg County, Truist, the Levine Foundation, City of Charlotte Lending Tree. Um, and then six-figure donations from the Philip Van Every Foundation, Springsteen Foundation. But... Um, you can do what I did and go on and make a much more modest, but uh, no less meaningful individual donation at helpcharmec.org. That fund will be administered by uh, Foundation for the Carolinas and United Way uh, to help people. Our money is particularly going to be helping people in the housing uh, realm as far as folks who become housing insecure because of everything that's going on. So that is definitely a great way to help. If, uh, if you're looking for a way, we'll have a couple of of things like that, that we can talk about if you want to get involved and help. Um, but that was a big one. So that was a great way to start the meeting. It was odd. We were doing it as a press conference and everybody had to stand uh, apart from each other. And, you know, you take, you want to take a picture and normally everybody's got their arms around each other and we're all huddled up. And um, it's just kind of a surreal scene. I think it was one of the first times where we had a situation like that that felt so different, I guess. Yeah, no, it was, it was odd. I mean, the whole thing has felt surreal. And um, I mean, we're, we're only, you know, some have been doing it a little longer, but we're only like, what, four, three, four, five days into really what, I mean, I, I know everyone's not doing this, but um, this kind of, you know, self sequestering, self seclusion kind of stuff. And um, it's, it's just insane. It's insane to watch the world changed before your eyes in so many ways like just so yeah. quickly a week ago today i was at a luncheon and i don't know whether that feels like a day ago or a month ago but um a just, month for sure kind of kind of bizarre i do so, like being uh far apart from you though this is nice yeah anna um, eggleston nailed it with that it's just like it's so much more pleasant at a distance yeah. like this agreed um all right so we did have the meeting that night and one of the things that we so it was supposed to be a rezoning meeting and we would have normally made the decisions on the hearings from the previous month and then gone into the hearings for this month of which we had some big ones. What was decided was that all of the hearings we would have heard this month have been kicked to April at least, um, at least for now, could be longer later, but um, that we were gonna go ahead and make the decisions on the ones we'd already heard. There's no additional comment period. Um, just kind of bang those out and then usually about 20, 30 minutes we decided to do that uh, for anybody who was watching or anybody who saw our colleague Braxton Winston did decide to vote against all of them. It's not that he thought all those petitions were bad. He, um, he was uncomfortable with the fact that we were having the meeting in the first place. I think I would have agreed with him were we to have been doing the hearings and spent four or five hours working on something that um, is arguably non-essential, but to be able to put a bow on things that we pretty much had to the finish line already, I, I was not uncomfortable with. He was, 
he, as a protest, voted against all of them. So if you see that, that's the explanation. Um, and then the manager, uh, city manager, Marcus Jones, pulled a couple of things from what would have been this coming Monday's city council business meeting and said, these are pretty critical. These are pretty urgent. And I have a feeling that we're not going to be meeting this Monday, which now fast forward, we've canceled that meeting. And he said, but these things I need you guys to get done and get done now. So we moved up a couple of votes, took those, um, and we will not have a meeting this coming Monday. There wasn't even a meeting scheduled for the following Monday. Uh, so we're into April at, at a minimum and starting to have conversations with like UNC School of Government and others to figure out what can we do if we have to meet the way that you and I are doing the podcast right now. Is there a way for us to do something like that that still complies with open meeting laws, public meeting requirements, um, but we can continue to conduct business? Because while there's a lot of stuff um, that gets kind of put on hold, a lot of city services are things that, and, and county services for that matter, are things that can't always be put on hold. They have to, you know, the, the trash has to get picked up. Fire and police have to be out there doing their job. So, um, in fact, well, we had um, some some really unfortunate violence two days ago um, in your district and in mine. And so the police, you know, their job doesn't stop. Yeah, it, it, back to the zoning meeting and the Braxton points, I think it raises, uh, you know, an interesting question, which is, um, you know, what what is it that um, that we should be doing versus shouldn't? Because I think you would you would read between the lines of Braxton's point, which is um, he wasn't going he was going to vote no as a sign of uh, of kind of he didn't believe we should have been doing the rezoning meetings, just the decisions. Again, to your point, not the not the hearings, but he did vote for and participated in the manager's emergency points. So I think it just it begs an interesting question, which is as we think about this this new world we're in, which many and I personally believe is not going to be ending um, uh, in the way we're, we're dealing with things like this tomorrow or next weekend or next week, we could very well be in this new normal for several months. The question is, what is critical versus isn't? What is continuing on with business versus, you know, stopping everything and, and sheltering? And I don't know the answer. I, I just, I understand Braxton's point, and I think there are things we shouldn't be doing. And we'll talk about some of those items as it relates to services that we're suspending for the city. But the question is, like, what, it, what, is, what is critical? What is business is, is shutting down and impacting the real estate and developer uh, industry where we know we ha need units of housing in place? Is that non-critical or critical? I, you know, I don't know the answer there, but I personally believe that um, those were the kind of things that you know, we're no, we shouldn't impact this economy any more than it's already being impacted. Well, and that's what I was going to say is I'm surrounded by construction sites here at my home and those have not stopped. And so part of it is they're not in a, in an enclosed space. These are folks that are framing up houses. They're outside. They're able to keep spacing and, and distance from each other. Those are people that we don't want to have to go into unemployment. There's, there's so many right now that do, and we'll talk a little bit about unemployment <coughs> and the changes that the, that the manager has made, I mean, the manager, the governor has made around unemployment, but we don't want to put more people on it than we have to. We don't want to put more people out of work than we have to. And construction right now is an industry that as best I can tell um, from just what I'm seeing is still going. And so if we've got opportunities to keep some of that, um, some of that happening, that's more people working. So right. anyway. Right. Um, so what right. else? Hey, why don't we go through a couple of the updates we've, we've got on the city front while we're here. Um, one of which is 
uh, if you hadn't heard, solid waste is stopping bulk and yard, uh, bulk waste and yard uh, pickups um, and focusing on recycling and trash primarily given the impacts we have right now. Um, we are doing screening measures for um, uh, our fire and CMPD first responders and everyone on the front lines as well as making sure the proper equipment and things are in place. Um, uh, we're again looking at first responders that we are critical on the front lines that we have to have there and do they have childcare, daycare type issues and, and challenges there in place and then we're really looking hard at assistance for small business i know that's been something that both you and i have have seen and cringed at a lot of the, the bad things that are happening but also marveled at a lot of the amazing things that are happening last night we got to see our buddy larry and middle c um do that live um that the that live show and jazz for us we uh i saw another show was announced on sunday um, with your buddy and everyone over there with Joe and them uh, and the evening muse. Um, it's just, it, for every sad story, I think we're going to have a theme of like just ingenuity and, and creativity and just people reinventing the way things are done. And I think that is amazing. Yeah. Larry at triple, uh, I mean, triple C, triple C is a brewery at middle C jazz um, had hundreds of people watching this, this show last night. And then people could donate to the artists um, who were performing so that they got to still make their living. Um, I don't know that it made Larry any money, but you know, it's, there are creative ways. Um, Brian LaRusso, who is a very notable bartender mixologist at Dogwood in South Park is going to be doing an online uh, cocktail class and like bourbon tutorial um, in partnership with Kristen Weil from um, Unpretentious Palette. And so and that's something where it's $10 to, to watch it and they're splitting the, the proceeds of that. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening right now. A lot of people getting creative with um, how they, people that are starting up delivery of their food for their restaurants has never done it before. People that are um, changing the way they do takeout and curbside deliver or curbside pickup. Um, the ingenuity is good. It, it doesn't fill the gap. And the, the gap for a lot of these restaurants is enormous. Um, we've seen folks that have had to lay off uh, all or most of their staff, either if they're not doing takeout delivery, a lot of them are laying off all their staff and it makes those people eligible to get onto unemployment. And thankfully the governor, I believe yesterday, I'm, all these days are kind of running together at some point, but in the last two days, I think it was yesterday, the governor changed the rules around unemployment so that people don't have to wait the week they used to have to wait, they can get on it immediately. They don't have to be looking for a job immediately to get the unemployment benefits um, a couple of things that he loosened that up. And so if people are um, either losing hours or have lost their work uh, because of this crisis, they can go to des.nc.gov. Um, and that is the employment office, uh, unemployment office for the state of North Carolina. And you can fill out the forms there online, des.nc.gov. And so a lot of these restaurants have laid off those employees. They can file for unemployment, get that un unemployment benefit. And then uh, when the restaurant hopefully opens back up in the not too distant future, they can hire them back. Um, and so when you see a lot of these folks doing these layoffs, it's not that they're trying to, to save their own hide. A lot of them are doing it so that their employees can get that unemployment benefit. If they didn't, um, if they didn't go about it that way, they might not be able to. So what do you think uh, the, the top question other than things like that um, 
that I, I get on this, the barrage of texts and calls and emails, I'm sure you get the same. But the top one is, um, what do you think the odds are that uh, we're gonna go either city or statewide or, or nationally in a mandatory shelter in place type scenario? I mean- I don't um, think they're high right at this moment. I mean, any, the, the situation can continue to change. We've, um, our cases have, have continued to grow and, and grow at a pretty alarming pace for the state of North Carolina. So I don't think any of us can make any predictions of what tomorrow holds, much less next, next week holds. But um, Gibby Harris, the public health director for the county, for Mecklenburg County, we're here at like 4.15 right now at 2.30, I believe it was. She had a press conference that I was able to watch. Um, she gave some updates, uh, one of which is that the state of North Carolina now has documented community spread, which is to say that they don't know exactly how each person got the virus. In most cases, people had either traveled or been exposed to someone who had it or whatever. They could pinpoint it back to where it came from. Um, we now have the kind of person-to-person -person intrastate, I guess, um, transfer known as community spread. And so we have a case, and I forget the county now, Chatham County maybe, where they don't know exactly what the source of the virus was. So that's a big change in terms of how they'll deal with it. But um, you know, that would have been the perfect opportunity if she just said, because of this, we're going to put a shelter in place order in effect, which I understand the, the county health director has the ability to do. Um, she didn't. So I think that they're still hoping that people will do the right thing, um, that a lot of these measures they've already put in place will start to have a positive impact on slowing the spread. And, um, and then it won't come to that. And I don't think, you know, with the restaurant and, and bar closure that we saw where they're only allowed to do takeout and delivery. Um, and I will mention, we got in a comment here, uh, why is a certain restaurant's patio open? So the patios, um, and I've gone back and read this rule. If you order to go food and it's given to you in a to go container, if a restaurant has a patio, you are allowed to eat that takeout food on that restaurant's patio as long as they're not, um, as long as they're complying with not having too many people gathered in one place. And as long as they're complied with the spacing and the social distancing, um, that's recommended, then people can eat their food out on those patios. Should they choose to, Interesting. should the restaurant choose to allow it? Uh, they cannot be served. A server cannot come and bring you food or take orders. Um, they can't serve you alcohol out on the patio. Um, so to answer, uh, Katrina's question I mean, there. Is that, so that's the rule. Is that a good idea or not is the question. I mean, I think it's fine. You know, we've got parks open. You could go have a picnic at the park. Um, you know, we want people to be able to get outside and get some fresh air and, and really for their mental health. I think, you know, some of that is good. I've seen more people walking around my neighborhood this week. I've met neighbors that I'd never met. Um, I had two of my neighbors come over and sit out on the driveway with me yesterday evening and we spaced ourselves apart and had our dogs and had a, had a drink out on my driveway and probably talked to 20 folks in the course of an hour that most half of them we'd never seen in the neighborhood before. I've seen so, more people in my neighborhood, like on like a lunchtime jog than I've ever seen like ever. And it's just, it's all, it's, you can see even after four days, people are craving interaction and they're smiling. I've never seen so many people smiling and waving yet. I think everyone's a little awkward. Like, how close should we get to each other and stuff like that? So honestly, I, I posted something on Facebook today and I will say too, um, 
you know, for people who are looking for up-to-date information, a lot of, not just you and me, but uh, a lot, most elected officials, we're trying to post as much good, reliable information as we can on our social media feeds. So on Twitter, on Facebook, my campaign page, or my personal page, I've been posting things like lists of resources for um, for service industry folks who are out of work or who are hanging by a thread. Um, All the updates we're getting from the governor, all the updates we're getting from the federal government. Um, But one of the things I posted today, kind of to your point of people kind of there's a new social dynamic and I think people feel more like we're all in this together than they usually do. And I posted today, I think this could be like nine 11 in a, in a weird way. And nine 11, probably the most horrible, I mean, I would say undoubtedly the most horrible thing that's happened in you and in my lifetime. Um, but I think there was a sense of unity and we're all in this together and we can help our neighbor and we can get through this. Um, and I did just sitting out on the driveway, which I actually highly recommend. It was um, really glad we did that. We're going to probably do it more regularly now. But we talked to so many people. Um, there was a lot of positivity. A lot of it is just still kind of shell shocked because this is so surreal. But, um, you know, I, I think folks are looking for ways to help. Um, we want to give them as many as possible. Uh, what, another one that I'll mention now um, before we get too far in is just today it was announced that folks can, if they've got questions or concerns or, or primarily around the actual health crisis, um, they can call 211. That's the for Health and Human Services resource line for the state, 211. So call that if it's non-emergency, so we're not tying up the 911 lines. But I feel like everybody, I mean, even looking on social media, I feel like social media right now, there is undoubtedly some partisan bickering, pointing fingers, things like that. There's always going to be that. But I feel like there's a more of a sense of purpose and more of a sense of community right now on social media than I've seen in a long time. And a lot of people just saying like, Hey, let's band together. Uh, my friend, Alex Castanas, whose parents own soul and the diamond, she started a Plaza Midwood restaurant relief fund to help people who are losing work in the restaurants just in Plaza Midwood. I mean, she pulled that together in like two days and is, is getting money to people who have bills to pay or have rent to pay that are going to be out of work for a while. And so that kind of a, you, you called it ingenuity earlier, but also just that drive that people have to make sure that their friends and neighbors and coworkers are looked after and taken care of. Um, a one restaurant that a friend of mine owns had ordered all this food because they knew how busy they'd be for St. Patrick's day. Uh, they don't anticipate that they'll be able to reopen before, um, before that food would go, would have gone bad and they're not doing delivery or takeout. They've just had to close. Uh, so they, they cooked all the food and they, invited their employees, many of whom are low wage employees to come and stock up food that they can take home for their families. So, I mean, the number of things I've seen in the last three days of people just like their genuine goodwill and humanity is, is pretty encouraging. And so I, I do now, hope there's some silver linings in this. I, 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 I think there will be. And I think the point is like, this is horrific. It's hard to imagine you know, how, how is it, is everything going to end up okay? Putting all that aside though, um, the silver lining is there. I already see it. And it's rare um, that you get to see the world change so quickly in front of your own eyes. Uh, and I think that if, as long as we can make our, our way through this uh, and minimize the impacts, I think we're going to all look back on this time frame as the birth of kind of a, a new type of society where people we're forced to experiment with things to your point on social media, you know, being able to see these, these live concerts delivered in a different way 
I mean, people are just playing around with it now. People are going to figure out how to hopefully save their businesses that are getting crushed right now by creating online capabilities or new ways to deliver it. Uh, with great stress and great challenge comes amazing innovation and ingenuity. Uh, if you look at EY, for example, one of our partners at the FinTech Hub, these guys, um, are, they've got all this talent over there. Somebody's building an artificial intelligence chat bot and they've ingested all of the information that the CDC's put out on their website so people can ask regular kind of human questions that it can then deliver answers back. And I think that's awesome. Here's another thing. Let me show you. You know, the win, the win class is really uh, important to me. Here's a quick picture of, um, of what's going on with the class right now. We had to take them virtual. So there's over 50 people right now. Um, again, 87% of them are people of color. Almost half of them are female and they're all in need of upward mobility. We had to take them out of their physical environment and we had to put them in a virtual eight to five, get paid to learn how to code. This was crazy. This is week two, but here's half the folks right here. Uh, 25 of them you can see in the screen, all listening to the instructor uh, in the morning, go down and teach them um, elements of coding and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's just a lot of real cool, in, you know, innovative things happening. And if we, we got to stay positive, but the, the thing I'm getting scared about is we're only on day four or five, like, the, the seclusion, the depression, the things of like a long-term uh, impacts of, of, of being completely remote and, and separated from the world, um, we have to really try and go above and beyond and be thoughtful in how we do that. Um, I agree. On the small business front, um, and there is ingenuity, people are finding new ways to generate revenue. Um, but in good news on the small business front, the governor had asked uh, the the governor had asked the federal government for assistance with a small business um, for small business relief and so that was granted I believe this morning again timelines blurring um, but so there was a disaster declaration for small businesses and there will be relief available um, for those impacted by this that website is disasterloan.sba.gov, disasterloan.sba.gov. So if you own a small business or you know someone owns a small business who uh, has been really detrimentally impacted by this, uh, and we know there are many, go there and apply uh, for some relief. Because part of it, I mean, you know, we, we think about the employees, but then a lot of these small business owners you know, there's, there's people looking at large corporations right now and not necessarily feeling sorry for the, the top of the food chain at some of the, the big Fortune 500 companies maybe. But I talked to a friend of mine today who owns a three-person business here in Charlotte and there's just no way for them. It's not a food or beverage business. There's no way for them to come up with some creative solution. Um, they do work, construction-like work inside of people's homes, countertops, things like that. Um, there's not really a way to work around what we're facing right now for that person. And so uh, she's the owner of that business, but you know, she doesn't have a real safety net there. And if this lasts for a long time, um, it's going to be, it's going to be really problematic. So we want people to, um, we want people to know those resources that are there. Um, 
You mentioned the live concerts. I think that's a great idea. I want to see people keep coming up with cool stuff like that. I would also say too, for, for those of us that have friends that own retail outlets, or even if they're not people, you know, but they're people you generally patronize. Obviously everybody right now, I think is thinking about how, where can I get delivery and, and take out from to help the restaurants. We're starting to see the music industry come up with creative solutions. Um, it's a good thing that e-commerce is as big as it is because you think of all the clothing boutiques in this town, um, all any, any retail outlet, and they can't really expect that people are going to walk through the doors of their brick and mortar store right now. Uh, but thankfully so many of them are already set up on e-commerce. So if you've got a store that you don't want to see clothes in the midst of this, get online, get on their website and figure out how you can patronize them um, from your computer instead of walking through the doors like you might normally, because a lot of these businesses don't have two, three months worth of reserves. If they go a month and they don't have any sales, that business isn't going to be there for you when we come out of this. Look, the, the two most important things, if I was going to relay literally, cause we hear a thousand things a day and don't do this and this is bad to me, the two most important things are especially our elderly and at risk community from a health perspective, make sure you do everything to protect them um, because they are the most at risk. And a lot of our small businesses locally are, are not going to make it through this. So if there's, to, to Larkin's point, if there's one you love, if there's one out there that's great, like the time they need your support is now. My sister is, uh, is, gonna, is chastising me for having forgotten her creative solution. She is an instructor at a yoga studio. And for the last, I think, four days now, every morning at her Facebook page, which is Above Yoga, A-B-O-V-E, um, she's doing a free yoga class that people can take, which, you know, again, people are getting cabin fever and, and now most of the gyms have been closed down. Um, lots of different facilities like that, but gyms are closed no matter whether they're meeting the, the amount of people requirements or, or whatever, they just are not allowed to operate. Um, as I understand it, folks who, you know, one of the ways that they, that they really kind of center themselves mentally every day is to go and do a yoga class or go and do a, a cardio class or go running or do whatever the running you can still do. But, um, you know, having that sense of community. And so she had something like 2,200 viewers on her yoga class yesterday. And so finding really? creative solutions. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, finding creative solutions is critical right now, not only for the, the commerce perspective of it, but the community perspective of it. Um, someone had jumped in here and said, buy gift cards, obviously for the businesses that you like helps them with keeping a revenue stream going. Um, one other thing I want to mention, and this will seem a little off topic, but we're all home. We're all on our computers and our devices a lot right now. Um, one thing that I'm really, really worried is going to get overshadowed in all of this is the fact that April 1st is census day. And most of us are starting to get those. I got mine in the mail yesterday. People started getting them last week. They'll trickle in over the next two weeks or so. But April 1st is census day. And I cannot overstate the importance of everybody filling out the census completely and correctly. And not only that, I imagine anybody who cares enough to listen to a local politics podcast probably is not someone who's going to skip the census, but make sure you get the word out to your networks, to people, you know, um, some of the undercounted communities that, you know, there's so many people that never complete the census and someone will come to your door if you don't complete it. But um, even still there are people who never go counted and this year is the first time it's done every 10 years. It's the first time that you can actually 
most of the census will be conducted online. There's still a way to do it if you want to do an old school pen and paper, but um, it took me exactly four minutes to complete the census for me and my wife. But North Carolina stands to gain another congressperson in the U.S. House. Uh, if we get a complete count, this is how a lot of federal resources are allocated. No more important time to think about how federal dollars are allocated to the states uh, than what, some of what we're dealing with right now. And so for I wonder us how to not is... get a complete, complete count, we're really shortchanging our state, not only in the best of times, but, but particularly in the worst of times. I wonder how this is going to go down. Is it, is it going to, I could see one scenario in which everyone's home, so we could have the most accurate census ever, or everyone is like not interested in any kind of interaction and the types of folks who aren't proactively doing it, who were relying on like door knockers coming around and stuff are, are even more so going to, to, to have be at arm's length. What do you think? You think it's going to be more or less impactful? Um, I worry that it's going to be less. And the reason is because we had, I'm the city of Charlotte's representative on the Mecklen Mech counts complete count committee. Um, and we've been working for months on a marketing strategy and on events and on things that we were going to do to draw all this attention to the census. No one's talking about the census now. Everybody, I mean, Absolutely no one's talking about not. anything. Like the fact that Cam Newton got cut from the Panthers was a blip. Can you imagine what a story that would have been on any normal week? Oh, man. Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Anyone who's got like bad news they need to get out, like now's the time. <laughs> Launch it out now because they're not reporting on it and no one's paying attention. I mean, there was a, a political scandal in Florida. There's all this big sports news and none of it's barely registering. Um, Tom Brady doesn't play for the Patriots anymore, man. Which, which I'm okay with. But, I, but again, if something that big that on any other week would be dominating the news for a week, barely even dominate, doesn't even dominate the news for a day because this is the craziest thing that any of us have ever seen maybe in our lifetimes or at least since 9-11. I, I just don't know how the census, there's not going to be any oxygen left for the census to be talked about or thought about. And so it's that much more important that we, we do think about it and we do talk about it um, in the midst of all the, all the other stuff that's going on because uh, we will really, will really be in a, in a bad spot down the road if North Carolina does not get a complete count, we only missed getting a 14th congressional representative in the U S house last time by something like 30,000 residents in a state that has over 10 million people. Crazy, crazy. So, again, no better time to consider the importance of having more people representing us in Washington uh, than what we're dealing with right now. <clears throat> so to, for anybody that just jumped on like um, Ray McKinnon, who I agree, get a light Larkin. Get a light, man. I told him to get a light, Ray. I don't know what's wrong with it. I I've said, got two I, lights on. I, I had 75 things to figure out to make all this work. And Larkin had two. Take the mic I gave him home last week. Which I did. And get a light. <laughs> Which you didn't. So good well, job, Larkin. I've got a lamp on and I've got an overhead light on and I've got natural light, but I'm backlit and it's difficult and whatever. You're Dude, not here to look at my pretty face. You're here to, to get this information. This is an amazing opportunity for you personally to really beef up on your um, knowledge of movies, of pop culture, oh. of everything. Like you should be watching. I gave you a list of movies. You and I watched Idiocracy together. And now I, it's time and you got to watch Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. You got to get involved in, in, the, in, that, uh, in that genre right there. 
Um, there's so much you can do right now, Larkin. You know what I did watch uh, that I highly recommend to people who are sheltering in place is the four-part, you're going to scoff, but I actually think you'd enjoy it, the four-part documentary on Hulu uh, about Hillary Clinton. What? Yeah. It's really good. It, it's, it's four, they needed four parts for that? It, it was four one-hour segments, and it it talks about her whole life, but it also digs really deep and has a ton of behind-the-scenes footage on the 2016 election. It was fascinating, but also triggered my PTSD from 2016. I'll put it in like a maybe-to-hard-no list bucket. I don't know, man. All right, I need everybody to stop trying to tell me how to light my face. Braxton, help him. Look, at <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. He get, lights are just beyond his I'm going to get Braxton over here with a spotlight and a boom mic next time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good thing to do, y'all getting together. All right. I think, uh, I think the conversation is devolving now, but what else do we need? So we talked about if you're a small business owner, go to disasterloan.sba.gov. I know Alexis Gordon put that in the comments, a link to that website. If you have lost your job um, or have lost hours, go to des.nc.gov. I know that someone in the comments said that the website is overloaded right now. Not surprising. I think it's handling something like, I believe they said they usually get 3,000 claims a week. And I think in the last two days, they've gotten 18,000 claims. Um, so you can imagine the, the system is stressed, but just keep trying there. Um, if you want to help, I just posted um, on the aforementioned Facebook post earlier today, I posted a link to a Charlotte Observer article that's got a lot of great information about different funds and different organizations that are helping with specific things around this crisis. But the one that we talked about at the top of the show, the fund that um, the United Way and Foundation for the Carolinas is managing and that the city of Charlotte donated a million dollars to on Monday is helpsharmec.org. Um, so go there. But there's so many people doing good things. I will say, uh, reiterate something that I think we might've said previously, but not only we, we've talked about before the importance of making sure that you've got good information and that you're sharing reliable, valid information, because there's a lot of bad information. There's already people that have created scams trying to take advantage of folks during this crisis. Um, double check the stuff that you're sharing. You've got time, right? Double check the stuff you're sharing to make sure you're sharing good info because you might be trying to help and you might do harm uh, if you're not. So please double check that, but also double check where you're sending your money. Um, there's going to be people who are undoubtedly setting up, you know, make believe funds and saying, send money to help with coronavirus and, you know, give to organizations like United Way, give to organizations like Red Cross, whoever that, that, you know, are reputable. Well, or the foundation that, for the Carolinas and the United Way fund yeah. that we've launched individuals can give to that too. And I think they've, there's been as small as a $5 and 50 cent donation. I mean, literally that's awesome. Every dollar is going to help and they're going to, I'd say it's a mixture of a big fund like that paired with the places you really like that are small businesses directly finding ways to support them. And, um, and if we all do a little bit of our part um, and, and figure out how to, how to support both of those, I think we'll be good. And we all have platforms, uh, whether you have a podcast or just have a Facebook page or whatever, use your platform to share good information right now and to, to shine a light on the businesses that are struggling or the people that need help. Um, that's the best part about social media is it gives you a, a platform to stand on and to, to shine a light on things that matter and make a difference. And if you're using it right now to just share memes that are 
you know, partisan and, and trying to pick a fight, then you're doing it wrong. Cause right now we need everybody working, paddling the boat in the same direction and working towards the same goal, which is to make sure that, um, that we don't have friends and neighbors that fall through the cracks and what is a really scary time for a lot of people. Um, and you know, I've talked to several recently who sound on the verge of tears and are just terrified. They don't, not only what they're going to do for them and their family, but if they're a business owner, what they're going to do for their employees, um, people are really scared. And so I think anything you can, even if you don't have money to donate, even if you can't afford to get takeout and delivery every night, you can share something on your Facebook page or on your Twitter feed that says, Hey, but check this restaurant out. It's really good. And they're doing a uh, delivery this week. Um, so just spread, spread good news, good words and, and good information and um, stay connected with people and do yeah. us a favor too. You know, we're experimenting because this podcast and, and especially a, a very robust remote digital capability to communicate to, you know, to make us feel like we're together. Larkin, I feel like I'm kind of together looking at our heads side by side right now. Uh, and I miss you, buddy. I miss you. So people need to do that. I would really like people to put in the comments or send us notes on way, things we can do to enhance, add to this new kind of model of our podcast for the time being. So we make it valuable for folks and, uh, and, and use the information and the platform at our disposal as effective as possible. And so for anybody who's listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or something later, just as an audio file, um, we are trying to do this um, as a live feed on we'll Facebook. Post, and, we'll, we'll post the visuals on YouTube yeah. later on. If you don't subscribe to those platforms or you don't, you're not on Facebook to see the video so you can see it there and, and we'll be enhancing our capabilities even beyond what you see today. But if you're listening on just an audio file later, uh, make sure you like the R&D and the QC Facebook page. We'll always share the videos on there. Um, we'll obviously share them on our personal Facebook pages as well. But if you can jump on to the live uh, recording, then you can you can ask uh, ask questions in the comments and things like that and get those answered in real time. So thanks for everybody that tuned in. Definitely make sure. Um, again, we're trying to be a source of good information. So if you've got people that are looking for information, um, please please tell them about the podcast, share it, rate it, um, do whatever you can, but, um, we appreciate you joining us. And, uh, what do you got Tark? I don't know. I think that's it, Ben. I think we just, we just did our first remote episode. We'll see how terrible it ended up sounding, uh, when it's all said and done here, but, uh, it's well, either way, we world. love you guys. Everybody stay safe and, uh, and do your part to help your neighbor. All right. We're out. 